Hello readers, welcome back to another episode of the A History of Crows podcast. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about like the tag half, like 50%, halfway through the year book tag. I actually didn't think I was going to do this one because I forgot this existed. And then I saw a lot of people doing it. And I found a couple of questions uh, different from the ones I actually originally knew. And I thought these questions were more interesting to answer. And I know like we're halfway through July already, but bear with me with this. I found it, I think it's cool to do this. I actually saw these questions being answered on YouTube by a YouTuber, a Brazilian YouTuber. She's called Mel Ferraz from Literaturici. <laughs> And she actually took this tag from another person called Caroline Marie. Marie, I don't know. Anyways, here we are. This is the questions. And okay, so let's get to it. Um, the first question is best book you've read so far in 2022? And like, there is no other answer to this question but Babel. <laughs> in fact, Bear with me today because Babel is going to pop more times than maybe it should. I don't know. It's like when I think about 2022, like if someone asked me, what was 2022 like? My answer is Babel. You know, there's nothing else. Like I could not, I could, I could just read Babel and never read another book for the entire re- year. And that would be fine because I read Babel. So I I just, I have an unhealthy obsession with this book. So it's definitely going to be the best book I've read so far. And like, I'm 100% sure, like 100%, I have no questions, that it's going to be the best book of 2022. Like, I I don't know what else I'm going to read. No, we have a couple of months left. But I know that no other book is going to top Babel. And like for years to come is going it's it's going it's like a it's already a lifetime favorite like i'm 100% sure of that but i already feel like it's so hard to think of a book that's going to make me feel the way this book made me feel okay so second question is best sequel you've read so far in 2022 and i haven't been reading too many series this year and I know that it's related to the fact that I've burned out of fantasy. There's an episode about that if you want to know what I'm talking about. But I just generally generally stop reading fantasy stuff. And usually, I know that there are other series, but I'm just saying that in previous years, uh, I read a lot of series that were fantasy books and stuff. But, uh, coincidentally or not, I'm, go- I'm going to answer this question with two books because I think these were the two best sequels and I can't just choose one. And I'm already cursing myself because whenever I see people answering this type of tags, whether with these questions that I'm using or other questions and the person uses more than one book, I'm like, why this person can't choose just one book? And I just choose one. And like, here I am not choosing just one. So curse me, you know, very hypocrite of me. I'm seeing now firsthand how hard it is to choose just one book, except when it comes to Babel. But anyways, so the best sequel, one of the best sequels were Carol Fire by Sarah J. Maas. I picked it up 
the Toronto Glass series again, although that was back in March and more than three months have passed and I have not read the next book, but whatever, Hero Fire was so good. It was actually my first five-star book of the Throne of Glass series because Throne of Glass, I rated three stars and I was very not excited to keep reading. And then I pushed through. I mean, I read Throne of Glass like the first book back in 2018. Then I was only going to keep reading the series in 2021. So a lot of time had passed. And then I read uh, Crown of Midnight, is it? That I rated four stars. And I was also like, I was excited more than with Throne of Glass, but not that excited to keep reading. And that's why only 2022, so another year that I decided to pick Hero Fire. And it was so good. Five stars. And I really see the series coming together. You know, if, it, if the series had started with Crown of Midnight, it would be so much better. I really don't like Throne of Glass. Um, but anyway, so this is the first book of this answer. And the second book is the second Bridgertons, uh, The Viscount Who Loved Me. Oh, this book is so good. This book was everything I wanted from a historical romance novel. And I'm actually sad that they changed a lot of things in the show. And I've, I've talked about this on the recap reading month for June? No, May. I read this in May because I really was put down with the show because they changed a lot of stuff. So I haven't finished yet. I will sometime, but I prefer the book so much better. Anyways, the third question is new release you haven't read yet, but want to. Um, I think this answer is going to be Probably Juniper and Thorn by Ava Reed. I think that's how you say it. Um, I have a lot of other stuff that I want to say, but trying to keep the answer with only one book. So I think I'll go with Juniper and Thorn by Ava Reed. It's, I feel like it's a very gothic story, very atmospheric. I'm really interested. I love this cover, it's so beautiful. I think I'm gonna go with this answer for this question. The fourth question is most anticipated release for the second half of the year. You know the answer to this question is Babel, <laughs> but since I read Babel, but the problem is with this answer is that I I mainly read everything that I want, like so anticipated for the second half of the year because I read arcs. So I read Babel already. I read Love on the Brain because Ailey Hazelwood also favorite author, so I read that too. More recently, I read Fall Lady Fortune because this is being recorded in July, and I read Fall Lady Fortune in July. Chloe's also favorite author. And so, I don't know, an anticipated release for the second half of the year. Because my head. I mean, of course, that I'm anticipating it to be released into the world and I can talk to people about the book. But I've read it already, so I assume it's talking about something that you want to read and haven't yet. I don't know. Still, the answer is Babel. But my head is already thinking of the releases of 2023. 
because I think of the things that I was most desperate to read, I read everything already. And also, like we're in July, so there's August, September and October. There are a couple of releases in November, but it's much slower, I think, much lower. And December is kind of dead in the publishing world. Like some stuff will come out in December, but December is very dead. So I don't know if, if, you, if you exclude July, August, September, October, there's four months. I mean, I don't know. The point is I've read everything that I wanted for the second semester already. So I don't know. But I think that speaking generally, the answer would be this, Love on the Brain, Babel, Holiday Fortune, you know, this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, the fifth question is biggest disappointment. And up until like a couple of weeks ago, this answer had only one possible, this, this question had only one possible answer. But there was actually another book that managed to be a tie. And now there is two books and I refuse to pick only one because I truly hate it. And that's the words I'm going to use. It's not just disappointment. Disappointment in a sense, I know that this, the question is disappointment, but I'm going to use it in a more, um, more anger way. Because like I was disappointed with House of Sky and Breath, for example, but I'm not going to use this as my answer. So my answer is going to be first a book, a Brazilian book called Tudo é Rio, which translated would be Everything is River. <laughs> Sounds very funny when I say it in English. This book was awful. It was one of the worst things I've read in my entire life. I'm not kidding. I don't understand how people like this because it's very apologist to domestic violence and it, it brings a whole like Christian morality of forgiveness and like if you forgive and if you bear through you know an abusive marriage is gonna be worth it I don't even know how to say this I don't even know you know it's just completely gross it's there's a very very graphic horrific scene like right at the beginning with no warning whatsoever and after this horrific scene that is a very violent one uh things revolve in this marriage and how this husband is abusive etc etc it's just so bad it's just so bad i can't believe like people worked on this book and chose to publish it like unbelievable and the second book, because I really want to say this one as well, I actually mentioned in my recap of the readings of June that this one tied up with the first one as the worst reads of the year. So the second book of this question is Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin. I have a very extensive review of this book if you want to read it on Goodreads and stuff. But just generally, this book did not work for me. Uh, I understand all the stuff of regarding like the time period it was written, the fact that it was written by a black man, and the story features two white gay men, and like James Baldwin's editor told him like to burn the manuscript, and he decided to keep publishing it to to still go on with the publication. That's all incredible for me, but I just did not like the tone. 
It reminded me a lot of Hemingway, and I said it on that episode of the Readings of June that I do not like Hemingway at all. His writing style, the way he portrays his characters.、Um, although Hemingway is set like in the 1920s, the 1930s, and this one is in the 1950s, but they both are Americans writing about Paris and these characters that like. Are drunk and they live like in this B side of life in Paris and in the slums and this debauchery life and I did not like this type of story at all. I yeah, this book reminded me quite a bit of The Sun Also Rises by Hemingway and I hated that book. So you can tell that I was not enthusiastic about from this perspective. And the other perspective is that this book is so homophobic. That I cannot understand how it sold as one of the greatest LGBTQ stories in literature. If it's so homophobic, and I just feel like people need to look at this story more critically and point out its flaws.、Um, this is written like in a in an internal monologue, like a flux of conscious stream of consciousness. Of this main character David, and I really did not like his voice. I felt like every other character would ju- was just a shallow thing that existed to uplift his character, and he's very full of prejudice. He's homophobic with himself, like he has internalized homophobia, and he's homophobic with everyone else, and he's misogynistic, and he's he's a, yeah, misogynistic. He's transphobic, like there's a. There are some very rude things said in this book. I just don't understand. I never get to see the actual development of his relationship with Giovanni, and neither of David and his girlfriend slash fiance Hella. And so you just get told about things, but you don't actually see them happening. So it's that type of artifice in writing that I really loathe. Because you should show me stuff and not just tell me that they are some way. Because I can't believe you. Anyway, I've just been babbling here, but I really dislike this book. I do not recommend this book, and I was very, very disappointed. So two different disappointments, two different types of disappointments for this answer.、Uh, next question, number six, biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. I think this answer. Is actually a tie. Here I am again answering more than one.、Um, I think this is a tie between Chasing the Boogeyman by Richard Chismar because I was going into this one very low expectation, just thinking, okay, this might be a little thriller, might be a little horror, and it was so incredible. This book is so incredible. It has that feel. It's a fake true crime book. So it feels like you're reading a true crime thing. You you have all like the things in sort of like evidence, and like this book features photos that are actually actors playing the characters of the novel, and like newspapers, and like you have the whole atmosphere of the town, and it's very very Stephen King, very 80s small town community, and it's so good, and it blurs. I love books that blurs the line. Between reality and fiction, in this way, and so this was a great surprise. I was completely hooked from start to finish. 
it was creepy in just the right amount the resolution was satisfactory satisfactory and i just loved i'm just so so incredibly obsessed with this book I, it's also a favorite and the other answer is one that i went like with some expectations but i was just completely blown away in the best way it was horseman by christina henry which is actually a retelling of the legend of sleepy hollow by washington irving I, I love that story it's a favorite of mine from when i studied it in 2020 for a class in my master's degree and i like i already love it and i saw that it was a retelling and i was like okay there are some expectations here because you're talking about a story that i love so much but the way that the author worked and making her story original is like it's one of the best things i love about good retellings it's that it stays true to the original work but it enhances it expands the story that it brings new stuff like it's not just following the retelling per se and you're like oh this changed a little bit or this is more modern it's just it enhances in such a way that you're like maybe the author it's like it feels like a and in the case of this one, it's more, it continues, it's after the events of the um, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So it feels like, oh my god, it's continuing the, the thing, it's paying homage to the original work, but it's at the same time creating its own thing and being original, and that was incredible. So these two books, I read both of them in January, they surprised me so much, they both became favorites, and I'm super obsessed about the two of them. Okay, next question. Favorite new author, debut or new to you? This question, I'm going to answer this question saying Ailey Hazelwood because I did only start to consider her a favorite author this year. And since I only finished The Love Hypothesis also this year, I, although I read like 50% last year and I put it down, not because I was not enjoying it, because uh, my head was not in the right headspace to read it, and so I did read Love on the Brain, that became a favorite. Then I read Under One Roof, that I loved. And then Love Hypothesis, I finished and became a favorite. And I, although I did dislike Stuck With You, um, I'm still keeping her as a favorite author. I, I've said before that favorite authors sometimes have books that we hate, and that's okay. And so the answer is Ailey Hazelwood. She's the... I think I don't have another favorite author other than her this year, so she is the answer. Question 8 is newest fictional crush, and I'm actually going to break the rules here, I don't care, I'm going to do it. Um, since this is being recorded in July, I've actually read Foul Lady Fortune by Chloe Gong in July, and I'm going to use this as my answer. I do not care if this is cheating. There is not another possible answer but this one to this question of newest fictional crush. The one and only Orion Hong. Please come forward. This man. Seriously, this man. He just became everything to me. I love him. I will protect him. Oh my god, I love him. <laughs> I'm going to record an episode about Fall Lady Fortune in the near future, so stay tuned for that. But just 
this man is definitely my newest fictional crush. The next question is newest favorite character, and wow, this is a hard one actually. <laughs> I don't think I had this many favorite characters. Okay, so I'm going to say multiple again. I'm sorry, I can't choose one. So first one is going to be Robin Swift from Babel. Babel is showing up everywhere here. I was going to say only him. But then we have Lady Midnight, and that means Mark Blackthorn, and that also means Julian Blackthorn. And I feel bad to leave them out. So, yeah. There's a couple of other ones, but I'm just going to keep my answer like this. Otherwise, I won't stop talking. But yeah, just Robin, Julian, Mark. I love you guys so much. <laughs> um, the tenth question, tenth, the tenth question is book that made you cry. I don't usually cry reading books. I don't know. Let me think. Like I cry, but no, I don't. I haven't cried much this year, though. I mean, I did cry reading Babel for Christ's sake. <laughs> Oh my god, I cried reading Babel. I recorded a video, but this video will never see the light of day because it's so ugly. I did cry a lot in that ending. Jesus Christ, I did. But I also bawled my eyes out while I reread House of Earth and Blood because it just resonated so much with me the whole grief aspect of Bryce and Danica and that beautiful, beautiful ending. I already liked that ending the first time around I read it, but the second one, it was just, it was just so, it touched me so much. But Babel as well. I also cried reading Book Lovers. You know, Book Lovers was an emotional wrecking journey that I was not expecting. I thought I was like, let's pick up a very cute romance book, very light. And I received a punch in the gut that made me think about deep stuff and cry and reflect. And wow, this book was so strong. So again, I cried in a couple of books. I cannot pick just one, but if I was to pick one, it would be Babel. If I were to pick one, it would be Babel. And much like any other answer, I'm sorry guys, Babel is my new obsession and I said it before I can't stop thinking about Babel uh, the next is the 11 book that made you happy can I say Babel again <laughs> I'm sorry I'm really sorry I'm thinking what other book made me happy come on let's try to think oh it's going to have to be Babel I think no other book maybe I mean Babel but also like Lady Midnight and Hair of Fire made me really happy. The only fantasy books that are working for me this year. Also Gallant made me happy too. But I think if I had to choose just one, it would be Babel. I'm sorry, I can only answer Babel. Every answer in this 
tag is going to be Babel. This could be called um, Mid-Year Babel Freak Out. I don't know. It's just about Babel. The 12th question is most beautiful book you've bought so far or received. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I'm really sorry, but this is going to have to be Babel. First, because I didn't buy that many books. I bought like only two or three, I think. No, I think I bought only two. And second, because no other book compares to the Ark of Babel, the, the foil. Nothing compares to Babel. I'm sorry, guys. Every answer in this tag could be Babel. I'm kidding. Except the disappointment. It's, it's, it has to be Babel. There's no other option. I'm sorry. Please bear with me. Please don't hate me. Well, at least I'm, at least I enjoyed. Imagine if I had gotten the Ark and didn't like the book. I mean, that was not possible. But I'm just throwing a hypothesis um and the last question final question is what books do you need to read by the end of the year and this is actually complicated to, for me because um tbrs don't usually work for me you know i recall there were two years 2015 and 2016 that i actually made those kind of lists like 10 books to, to read in the year and I, I read like one book <laughs> although like in the overall of the year it was like 60 books so it's not a it's not a question of uh, size of the list or books that I because I I want I wanted to read those books I don't know how to explain why this happens to me it's like if I put it on the list I end up not reading I don't know uh, the only time TBRs actually worked for me was back in 2020, late 2020, like fall semester, because I was having so much required reading for my master's that if I did not make a list of what I wanted to read for myself, I would actually end up only reading the required readings. And that's kind of annoying. You know, you get, you need to break, you need a break for your head, for your mind of all these required readings and so like I would read the required readings on mornings and afternoons and for the nights it would be my own stuff but anyways that was a very chaotic time as well um and then in 2021 like halfway through 2021 I did make a list of books that I wanted to read I wanted to read in 2021 I don't know the list had I don't know over 20 books I think I mean it was a stretch really it was but I didn't read a single book <laughs> I didn't read a single book and like actually two books of this list I read in January 2022 which was Fury Born and Mexican Gothic and other than that these books are just here in this list I'm staring at this list and I did not read them so I really, really, really don't like to make these types of things. Um, I'm experimenting with this year. I've talked about it here and there to demand less of myself in regards to reading. I had the, this burnout of fantasy. 
um also like i said this 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 moment in 2020 when making tbrs work it was a moment that i was very unhealthily reading it like i said mornings and afternoons for masters and at night for myself i would spend the entire day reading and that was not good i was getting like headaches or my eyes were hurting and i would still keep reading it was very very unhealthy i'm not saying that making a tbr it's unhealthy i'm just saying that in the time that tbr worked for me i was behaving unhealthily and i don't know i feel like I became much more of a mood reader, like at the end of 2021, but especially let's talk about 2022. Like, I'm such a mood, mood reader right now. Like there's a, I, the new month starts and I'm like, what do I want to read? And it varies because like at the beginning of, of the year, I was reading a lot of horror of, it was mainly horror, I think. Um, then at the beginning of February, I wanted to read a couple of Brazilian books, so I read them. In March, I was a little bit back to fantasy with Cassandra Clare and Saturday Mass. Then in May, I just got in a very big romance mood, so I would only read one after the other. And also, like, I had a very huge, very huge reading slump early June. I mean, it was completely a mess June because I had COVID and also I moved from to a different house. And so I spent like 15 days without finishing a book in June and not for the lack of trying, you know, because I couldn't keep up with the books where I, I wasn't just starting stuff and just stopping to read them. Couldn't get, couldn't get anything to get me excited enough to finish. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to leave this question without saying at least one book. I'm going to say one book, but I'm just rambling about the fact that I, I don't plan what I read at all. Like, of course, you have arcs and books that are coming out. So, for example, like I wanted Babel desperately and I got it and I read it because it was my most anticipated read of the, of the year. Other arcs, such as, like I said, Ailey Hazelwood, the Fall Lady Fortune, um, just like Mother was a, was an arc that I really loved. Uh, Trust by Hernan Diaz, Book Lovers. So there's a lot of like when books are coming out and I see that they're coming out and either if I'm going to request the arc or just going to be like, okay, when this comes out, I want to read it, whatever. It's very nice. And... But I just, and of course, like favorite authors, like, for example, Babel now for Rebecca, but when another book from her comes out, I'm going to pick it up. Gallant for Victoria Schwab, when she comes with something else, I'm going to pick it up. That's, of course, an ongoing series, for example. But I don't know, I feel like I just, maybe, maybe that's not so good in terms of Sometimes it could be like lead to this moment of not knowing what to read, not knowing what to pick up. But I feel like overall for the year, it did work well for me. And so other times I felt like, oh my God, there's so much stuff. How can I choose just one stuff? Like, I, I don't know, but whatever. I feel like for me making a TBR, like, oh, I want to read this during this month ends up being that I 
just take up too much on myself, beat myself up if I don't read it, or just end up changing the whole TBR throughout the month. Like I read the same amount of books, like I read eight books or I read 10 books that was on the TBR, but diff completely different books, you know? So I don't know, it's just messy. I just don't keep thinking. Like I said, I made a list for 2021 and I read nothing on that list in half the year. So I really do not think like that anymore. Just, it just not, it does not work for me. But like I said, let's not leave an answer blank. So just to just wrap this up and answer the final question, um, a book that I want to read by the end of the year, and I don't know if I will because of the size of this book, but it's a book that I bought a physical copy exclusively because of the size because it's completely insufferable to read such a huge book on Kindle. It's Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clarke. And the reason I bought a physical copy is because it's over a thousand pages. And have you tried reading a book that's over a thousand pages on your Kindle? The percentage, it's never going to, to move forward. It, you read so much and you're still like at 1% or 2%. And that's fine, I mean, for a lot of people. But for me, I feel like there's no progress happening. It starts to really get to me. And like when I'm reading a physical book like that, I can I can hold the number of pages that I read. And I'm like, wow, I read so much. And like, you read just 50 pages. 50 pages of a thousand book, I don't, I think it's not even 5%. Maybe it's 5%. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, it's not. Because if it was, if it was 900, 10% will be 90. So I think a thousand books. I don't know how much 10% is. I can't, my brain is not functioning for this type of math. <laughs> but uh, the point is, it's such a huge book that if, if nothing, no, it's not a thousand. I think it's a thousand and a thousand and a hundred something like that but the point is a book so big it's it just it it, it feels like i'm stuck and it, it really really bugs me like it, it turns me off from reading which it's awful but when i think about it i mean i did read big books in kindle but not this big you know um like 700 books it 700 pages is really big but this one is like over a thousand okay i just did the math and 10 percent of a thousand is a hundred but i think it's more than a thousand and so to read like a hundred pages in a day it's a lot a lot and it would be like only 10 percent, maybe less because like i said it's more than a thousand anyways so it just really not doesn't work for me in a Kindle. And I, I bought the physical book and it's very nice. It looks like a Bible because it has those very, very thin pages, you know? But I'm excited to read that. I don't know when I'll have the time. I will probably do like, like divide certain pages, like 50 pages a day or something, if I can. It reminds me of when I read The Secret History 
which is also a book that I read physical copy because the Kindle was not working for me as well. It was, it was not moving forward. I don't know. I couldn't. And Donatart has these chapters that last 300 pages. <laughs> so I was not. I didn't know when the chapter is gonna end. Like chapters that are like over an hour. And I was like, please, please kill me right now. Like no way, no way. I I bought the physical and it was so much better. And I did have to divide certain of pages because it was very it was very dense to read the secret history. The same thing with a little life. I also read in the physical copy. No way to read this on Kindle. So maybe maybe I have a problem with he, with reading huge sums in in my Kindle. I borrowed last year. Um, Imaginary Friend by Stephen Kabosky, which in my edition was over 900 pages, and I, like, I read in the physical book, and it was so great. I would I would do some sprints, and read so much, and I didn't want to stop reading. And I and then I held how much pages I read, and I was like, yeah, this is a nice reading sprint. But anyways, this is already too long. It was a very huge ramble. You know, some people have a part of this tag where it's long because they're actually talking about multiple books and in my case I'm just rambling about the fact that I can't plan what I'm going to read because if I do I will just play I will just fail <laughs> so here you have it welcome to my TED talk anyways so this was the tag I really enjoyed answering these questions I think it could be um it could be a, a theme I don't know the word, I forgot the word, but something that you do every year at the same time, you know. I used to answer some variation of this, which was not the same questions I did today on my blog. But I feel like it's nice to talk about, like I love talking, clearly I have a podcast. But it's nice to just talk and ramble about why you're choosing certain books for each answer. And for once I did find this these questions more entertaining than the ones I used to use I also think I don't know if it's a tag or if it's just a wrap I don't know if I'm gonna see this when the time comes but for obviously the end of the year it's very nice to to see to look back on how much books you read best worst but anyways this is the half of the year I'm very excited for what's is to come i'm very excited for people to read babel <laughs> i will never i will never stop talking about babel in my life but yeah here's to more months of reading in 2022 here's to more great reading please i, I recently i am in need of great reads but anyways if you've listened this far Hello, thank you for bearing with me. Um, maybe tell me what are your answers to this tag. I mean, if you did this tag as well, send me so I can see it on one of my socials. Anyways, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.